The cry of my heart to the Lord was not kill me. The cry of the heart to the Lord was, I want to be done. I just can't cope with the world anymore. I just want to be done. You're listening to Altered Stories with Michelle Renee Gutch. Hello, Altered Story Show listeners. This is Michelle Saunders Gutch, your chief storyteller host. Welcome to the Altered Stories Show, episode 51, Tina's Nothing is Wasted God Story. Thanks for listening to the show today. Friends, I hope you're having a great march. March for me has come in like a lion. Last week, I spent my time at the PodFest Global Summit virtual conference learning a lot more about storytelling in podcasting and using social media, including Clubhouse, to grow my podcasting audience. So if you use Clubhouse, look for me at Michelle Renee. So we can connect as I plan to spend more time on Clubhouse sharing God's stories and talking about storytelling. I also wanted to give a shout out to Chris Kremitzos, founder of PodFest Expo Multimedia and Andrew Weiss, for giving me the opportunity to be a case study speaker. I would also like to thank Michael Blaze with Kadosh Media for helping me with my case study speaker video presentation. Now, friends, it's time to get this conversation started. Are you ready? Drum roll. Today, I'm super excited to introduce my joy bringing friend and former business coach. Well, she's still coaching me from the KC area, Tina Joy. Now, friends, you're going to have to bear with me because I'm going to do this intro. There's a lot here, but I'm going to try to do this quickly. There's so much to share about Tina. She's a committed disciple of Jesus. She's an experienced, of course, business coach. She does organizational development consulting and a small business owner. And as a coach, she brings a whole depth of experience and a heart for your success. And I can attest that. Because she has helped coach me as I built Altered Stories Ministry. Tina also has a gift for organization and strategy. And man, she does. And she helps her clients discover some unique solutions. And she's helped me too a lot to get unstuck and build the businesses they love. So this is such an honor for me to be interviewing her today. Tina is also a published author with an MA degree in human resource development and a BA degree in finance. And in addition to this work that she is doing, she's also the founder of a 501c3 nonprofit organization. So cool. Alpacas for Autism that focuses on providing and uh, supporting creative fiber artists living in autism and she's a gifted speaker and her books coming home to joy in 30 days to joy inspire 
and encourage her readers as she shares her personal journey with her heart and sincerity. And I'm so grateful. She gave me one of her books. It's so beautiful. Um, we'll have a copy of that uh, cover of this one. I love with the lilac. She's got a God story around that one too. On a more personal note, Tina is a proud mom of three and a grandmother of four and lives with her husband in Raytown, Missouri. So today, Tina and I are going to discuss her No Time Wasted God story. Welcome to the show, Tina. How are you? I am tired listening to all the things that I do. (laughs) (laughs) Now, I am so excited to be able to be here, Michelle. What you do in sharing the stories of women is amazing. And the fact that I've been able to have any part in helping with that is an honor and a privilege. Well, is there anything I left out about you, Tina, that you want to share or do we cover besides your God story? You pretty much covered it all in, and it fits with the whole concept of what we're talking about, about nothing wasted and no time wasted, because that's really what my story is all about. And all of those disparate pieces that don't seem to fit together, God fits them together. So I look now as a business coach and as you know, the founder of Sort of Joy Academy, our marketing academy, the things that I do now, I'm equipped to do because of the God stories, because of the, the altered stories, because of where I came from, because of what God brings you through. That equips me to do what I do now. So it's pretty exciting to be here. Yeah, well, you know, you kind of answered part of the question I was going to ask you about. Why do you think storytelling is so important? There's a couple of reasons why I think it's important. Number one, people relate to story more than being taught. And I know when I wrote my book, one of the things that the Lord and I talked about was, you know, why my story? Why would anybody want to hear about my story? And the important thing that he shared with me was it's not your story, it's our story. So it's a love story between me and God. It's a love story. It's a journey. And we're all on this journey. So if we just told principles and didn't tell story, it's hard to relate to. When you start to share the story and the journey, we can relate to that better. And it's a lot easier to move forward when you're moving forward in story with people rather than being taught by principles. Is that making sense? Yes, it it is. And I agree with you. And I think, you know, that's why there's so, in, in my opinion, the whole unity piece of storytelling in terms of connection and relatability. And I think there's, a credibility that's built to and a respect. And I think too, there's an authenticity uh, about an individual when they're willing to go down to the deep levels of their stories, especially when there's emotional healing or transformation that takes place. So I, yeah, I, I, I love what you're sharing in that area. And I know um, we're going to talk about your God story here soon. But is there one particular takeaway from what you're going to share that you would like our 
7,000 plus listeners that are out there in 31 countries around the world, what you would like them to take away from what you're going to share today? I think if there was one thing, I think we've said it in the, in the title and in the theme, is that nothing is wasted. When you are walking your life, even the things that you think are little and insignificant, they are not wasted. That God has a much bigger purpose for everything that happens to us, everything that we go through. And the biggest takeaway would be to, honestly, to learn to accept the person that you are now, love the person that you were, and get excited about the person that you will become. That's beautiful. And a great segue into one of the most loaded questions I ask every single guest on my show. And that is, so Tina, where did your God story begin? When we think about the theme of, you know, nothing's wasted, it begins at the beginning, right? When I started my process of being open to sharing my personal story after I lost a hundred pounds. And I thought that that was what, where the story began, but it didn't. The story began back at the, the time when I was born. My full given name is Christina Joy Cochran. And my, my name is Christina Joy because when I was born, my mother felt that Jesus was standing in the room with her. And so this Christian joy component was given to me at birth. Now, that doesn't mean I'm going to go through uh, my entire life, right? Skip through all of the things that you go through. And by the time I'm 12, I'm struggling with depression. I'm struggling with those types of things and just kind of trying to navigate and walk through life. And I can't remember not being saved, but I kept walking away from God. I kept walking away from letting him lead. So about seven years, about eight years ago now, I started a process of, I was trying to grow a business. And I thought, if I pray for my clients, maybe that will make my business grow, right? Principles. Yes. (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) You know about that, right? You go, what can I do? I know, I'll pray for my clients and that will make the thing grow. And I started really looking at it from that context of, okay, how do I bring God into this? And God stepped in and long story short, God had me start to write a book about my life story, had me start to walk through all of those significant things, the three divorces, the 23 moves in 20 years, the diagnosis of my son being diagnosed with autism, the suicidal, constant suicidal threat of my life where I spent practically 35, 30 years in this constant battle against depression, where I was every day begging for the Lord to take me home. And I I started to write a book because the Lord said, that's what I need you to do next. And I was like, okay. What I didn't know was in the process of writing the book that I would have an encounter with the Lord where he would step in and completely heal me from that depression heal me from that, uh, remove that suicidal thread from my life and move me into a place that I now was anchored in joy. And 
that happened will be seven years ago this May. Oh, wow. I'm, I'm just on everything that you've shared and, you know, knowing who you are now. Um, Cause I know the Tina joy that was healed, was restored, that God brought to a place of being able to impart his healing, his restoration to others for encouragement. And, you know, one of the things, as you've shared, some of where you are now versus where you were is the actual transformation piece um, that God brought you through around the depression. I'd love to hear and have you lean in a little bit more about, you know, what steps did God have you take or where did you see, you know, that come in, that healing from your depression? Was that due to other others that God brought across your path for counseling? I mean, was it, you know, through people he brought into your life? You know, was it through the word of God? Was it through your church family? I'd, I'd like you to share a little bit more about that with our listeners. Like I said, I started this process of I'm going to pray for my clients, right? And and in that context, that opened the door to wanting to deepen my relationship with the Lord. And so I literally started watching Joyce Meyer every single day. I started watching TV Jakes and watching a lot of, I was not attending a church. We were out in, uh, we had a 25 acre alpaca ranch and lived in uh, rural Missouri. So it was a lot of me and God, me and Joyce, me and TD on the television. And I remember asking the Lord, you know, what am I going to do this year? And starting to learn to listen. And the Lord said, you're going to write a book. And I was like, okay, well, how am I going to make a living doing that? And he said, you're not, you're going to make a life. And it became this process where I started really setting up, spending that time every day, just journaling about what, what I was, what I was feeling, crying out, doing a lot of complaining. I mean, let's be honest. I mean, doing a lot of whining and complaining about the pain in my life. And the Lord started to speak to me in that way. And I had a really close friend who was also walking through some stuff. So we had a lot of open dialogue and open conversation. I really let the Lord do his work in me. And really what ended up happening was I started having a series of encounters with the Lord a little bit at a time that got stronger and deeper. And he became more and more and more and more real to me. And the day the 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 day I was healed, I was actually healed in an encounter with the Lord. It was actually one of those kind of miraculous, instantaneous type of encounters. So the the story is it was Mother's Day and my husband was gone and my son was occupied elsewhere. And I was alone watching um, a sermon by T.D. Jakes called The Pressing Place and felt, had felt led to watch that, watched that, then went into what I called my study room. And I laid on my face in my study room and was just praying with the Lord and just kind of, a lot of times I would fall asleep in my study room, you know, I was exa- uh, and, and 
the Lord had been showing me a series of visions around a door. And there was all of these boxes in front of the door. And over the past several months, it had been, let's take this box out. Let's deal with the pain in that box. Let's deal with what happened to you as a child. Let's deal with the things that you skipped over that you just never really dealt with, box by box. Well, in this encounter, the door to that we had been pulling boxes blew apart. And there was a brilliant light behind the door. And and there was a little girl standing behind the door. Now, up until this point, I referred to myself as Tina Cochran. And I heard the Lord say, this is Joy, a.k.a. my middle name. This is Joy. And you are to be together forever now. And in that moment, I recognized that this little girl was the me that had never been damaged, the me that had never been suicidal, the me that had never been through pain. And that not only was she not damaged, but that she was not angry at me for hiding her. She was not upset with me. And so it was kind of like something major shifted. And I remember looking in the mirror after getting up from this and looking in the mirror and seeing something different in my eyes, just kind of seeing a, something, a light in my eyes. And my husband came home and, okay, now, now it's like, okay, um, honey, I think something major happened. And we're going to give it six months to see if it sticks. But I'm thinking we don't have depression anymore. So that's really, I mean, that's that's actually, this is the first time I've publicly, I write about it in my book, but it's the first time I've publicly talked about it that deeply. Oh my gosh. Well, the Lord impressed on me. I needed to ask that question. Well, apparently that story needs to be told verbally as well as written because I, I flippantly, since I published my book in 2014, I kind of, I'm a little flippant about it. You know, the Lord asked you to write a book, but didn't tell me I was going to have this encounter that actually is the last chapter of the book. So now we are coming up on seven years since that time. And I'm starting to recognize that that was not the end of the story. That was the beginning of the next chapter of the story. And so, you know, when you talk about meeting me after that and meeting Tina Joy, right? Because once that happened, now I started referring, I literally started referring to myself as Tina Joy. And my book is published under Tina Joy. And what's been really fun about the process, no one in my entire life ever referred to me as Joy until after that. And now people will meet me and, I, and I'm introduced as Tina Joy. And some people drop the Tina and they pick up Joy. And they're like, oh, you're, this is Joy, right? You're Joy, right? And it's like every time that happens, it's like this little God wink from God going, see, I got you. And as, you know, I thought I was done. That's the other thing with this. I thought I was done. I thought that meant I'm healed. I'm good. Don't have to worry about anything now. I've got it all figured out. Well, that's not even close to true. You know, it doesn't, it continues to go on. And so get to, you know, just like today, sharing that story, that's a seven-year-old story. So you kind of go, oh, that's, that's not important. I should be talking about what's happening now. Well, apparently it is. Oh, it's very important to talk about. That is an incredible God story. 
from what you've shared in a, an incredible way of God working individually with you to bring you to a place of restoration and healing to prepare you for the work he had ahead and for you. Yeah, what's really cool about working with God in this way and walking with God in this way is that it becomes completely custom. It's relational. It's about, you know, I feel like now I have a relationship with the Lord that is just as real, if not more real, to me as my relationship with you. When you think about the things that we get taught as Christians about what we're supposed to do and we're supposed to help other, you know, find souls, save souls, you know, any of that kind of stuff. When you're in this deep, when you get into a deep relationship, why would you not, you know, I'm the first one to say, have you met Michelle, right? Michelle does this amazing altered stories ministry. She's helping amazing, getting stories that need to be told out there. And it, 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 there's no shame. There's no anxiety when I meet someone who needs to know Michelle. I'm like, oh, you need to know Michelle. Let me connect you. Let me show you. Why couldn't it be that way with Jesus? Yes. Beautiful, Tina. That's an incredible way to describe how we can relate with Jesus, you know, in our relationship from a personal level and how we can get so excited about sharing with others, you know, our personal relationship too with Jesus and what he means to us. I mean, he does work so individually and uh, so beautifully um, to help as we grow. And, you know, the depths of suicide, Tina, I know that's a whole other story. I mean, but to be that at that point in your life, I mean, I, I, I would ask you to share just a little, our listeners there, because I don't want anyone listening to this story today to that even someone that's so depressed or, you know, God orchestrates who hears these stories. I tell you, it's amazing. But can you describe, you know, the depth of where you were in that area for the listeners today too. That darkness is a a very difficult place to be. And I don't want to make light of, oh, God healed me. I went through through counseling. I went through antidepressants. There's some biochemical stuff that goes on with, with depression. And what happened, depression takes many, many forms. And a lot of times it is not, you know, for me, it wasn't just about, I hate myself. It was more about, I'm exhausted. I'm overwhelmed. I can't do this anymore. So the cry of my heart to the Lord was not kill me. The cry of the heart to the Lord was, I want to be done. I just can't cope with the world anymore. I just want to be done. And people don't, uh, people around me don't understand. And people who knew me then didn't understand that I was depressed because you get really, really good at hiding who you are and hiding behind this mask. And there were times where I would feel like I was hiding behind a brick wall screaming and no one would hear me. And so when you feel that way, there doesn't appear to be any other solution than just quitting. And 
not being anymore. And it's not a matter of I, I want to be destructive. I just have nothing left. The biggest hip, hiccup in depression is, and, and if you are listening to this right now, and, and depression is something that this resonates with you, I want you to hear this loud and clear. It is not true that it will not change because that is the lie of depression. The lie of depression, that I, at least from my experience, is that nothing will change, that it will always hurt this bad. And I can promise you, it will not always hurt that bad. And that it is possible for something to change. And all you have to do is breathe again. Take one more breath because sometimes that's it. That's all you've got. And it's okay that that's all you've got. But it will not always be this way. And that's where you get in this loop of it's never going to change. And if it's never going to change and this is the best it is, I can't cope with that. And that's that's a flat out lie because it's not true. But it's really hard to believe that that's not true. Yeah. Well, I mean, your book is coming home to joy. I'm sure there's a lot in that that describes that whole journey. But also, Tina, what do you think brought you into that state, that real depressed state, that suicidal state? You said, you know, there are some biochemical things. Of, I mean, was there stuff going on in the home front that was real painful for you? Somewhere along the line, I believed that my purpose in the world was to do the emotional work for both my parents, um, that that was my job. And from a very young age, there were some real key lies about what I believed about what I could or couldn't do in the world. And, you know, my job was to serve everybody else and to be, do whatever, not to need anything. And so what happens when you have that position and then life starts, regular life starts to happen to you. And, you know, I was in an abusive relationship in college and, and had, you know, always trying to find how a place to be supported and not being supported. And then you have a lot of stress and lots of different, you know, I've been divorced three times and there was a period of 20 years where I moved 23 times in 20 years. (laughs) So, you know, well, I developed a rhythm. I developed a rhythm and it's a rhythm that I still am learning, unlearning, that I would give everything I had and deal with everything until I couldn't deal with it anymore. And then I would blow my life up in some way, shape or form and move and re reinvent from ground zero. And what a, a physician said to me, the first doctor that I came to that talked to me about depression, he said, Tina, he said, what I think has happened is your situations have been such so difficult for so long and so much stress for so long that the chemicals in your brain have actually shifted. He was the one who was the first one to to talk to me about medication. And he said, because I would not do it. I absolutely, you know, I would not, I, I would not do medication. That was, you know, not part of my role. And he said, here's what I want you to do. I want you to take the medication so that you can shift the brain chemicals back so that you can deal with the situational things that you need to deal with. 
that's kind of where I think it came from for me was extended periods of not being able to have my own voice, not being able to, you know, just feeling like I was broken, feeling like I was, my existence was a mistake and that my job was to be there and, and be everything anybody else wanted. There's a lot there that you shared, but all really important listeners to understand, to get to where you are, you know, in your journey um, of, of healing, which has brought you there today. And you've talked about going through the process at times. Um, can you lean into that a little bit? You know, like, even though, you know, we know the Lord brought joy into you and restoration and healing and doing amazing things for him. You've got these books. You've got a lot that you're doing. But do you ever have times when you have to really put on the full armor of God. The enemy tries to come back in and struggle there. You tell the story and it's like this wonderful God story with, with almost like magic fairy dust at the, at the end. And I remember when my book came out, one of my first coaching clients read the book and she said, I want to know what happens next. Right. And I was, you know, Oh, and What's cool is you get to have this, it's a, it's a process. We never actually erupt, right? If, you know, it's still a process of learning over the last seven years since I was healed. I really learned more. I still learn every single day that it, life is part of an ongoing journey. One of the, one of the coaches, you know, coaches have coaches and coaches have mentors. And so I was working with a coach for myself and we were, she was prophetic. And so we were praying and, and she, she had some prophetic words for me. And one of the things that she started to point out was stuff about my childhood. And I was like, stopped her. No, 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 wait, I got healed from that. We don't deal with that anymore. Right. I don't, I don't, don't tell me we have to deal with that again because I'm not doing And she's like, and she gave me this great visual. She said, when you're climbing a mountain and you're going around the mountain, you get to see the same scenery, but you see it from a higher level all the time. And so to your point about does this stuff come back up? Yeah, it just doesn't come back up in the same way. And I'm more equipped to handle it now. And as I've expanded coaching, as I've taken from going from weight loss coaching, which is the way I started, to life coaching, to now business coaching, it's all connected. Like, I, like we've talked about, nothing is wasted. It's all connected. And if I hadn't walked through that, and if I don't continue to walk through that, then I'm not equipped to help the people that God brings into my life to help. It's like when you and I first started working together, the fact that I had founded a nonprofit organization that had walked through the challenges of being a founder of a nonprofit that are unique to that position equipped me to be able to work with you in that capacity as Altered Storage was getting. And it and equips me to appreciate the power of what Altered Stories is and what it can bring to the world. I love the fact that we're talking about this because a lot of my listeners will say, well, I listened to this story and 
I want to know what, ha- what, what's going on now, or, you know, the other altered story or you know, and, um, I, I myself, you know, it's like grief, you know, you think you're over grief and then all of a sudden something will hit you and you're dealing with a lot of or, you know, you're like, I thought that was done. I, you know, I thought it was over this. And all of a sudden, you know, that happens. Of recent, I went into my kinesiologist, my chiropractor, who I see on a regular basis. And it's kind of interesting because um, he correlates emotions to your health, your whole physical health. And he said, you know, there is something, there is something there I'm finding it's, it's like this emotion. And was it around the time you were five or, I mean, so, you know, God uses a lot of different healers, a lot of different ways to continue to help us as we go through the process is we're doing what he's equipping us to do in our calling. So this is wonderful, Tina. And I'm so glad we could have this conversation today. And how do you, do you bring in any kind of exercise uh, into your life or any other ways of meditation, walking or, you know, different ways for, for keeping yourself emotionally healthy? Primary importance for emotional health is relationship with God, period. And, and when you're talking about, you know, that, it's, that we don't get it right, you know, we, we don't always, it, it comes back. Well, over the years, there's a couple of key things that I have found that I have to watch out for. One is unplugging from my relationship with God. That, you know, that one-on-one time, spending that time. Sometimes it's not, you know, it's not, oh, I do prayer and meditation and I study the Bible and I read, you know, it's not that. It's not the doing part. It's the being part. And sometimes it's just sitting in quiet and maybe it's, I fall asleep. That's okay, right? And can you think about if a baby falls asleep in your, in your arms, how sweet that is, right? And having that type of thing, that from a spiritual perspective, that it, I, when I start to struggle, when I start to get stressed, when I start to get crabby, when I start to do all of those things, and I'm in my late fifties now. So there's those physical changes that happen to your body that affect your emotions as well, right? When all of that stuff starts to come up, 90% of the time, I am not spending the time, the time with God. I'm not spending any time with God. I'm sitting watching the news in the morning or instead of just spending quiet time, you know, that type of thing. The other thing that I found that is really significant for me is from a physical standpoint, sugar. From the time that, that I was healed, there seemed, there, became really clarity around the if there's sugar the amount of sugar that is in my system that there's a direct link between depression and sugar for me and while i don't go to the pit of depression anymore there's a difference between sadness and depression right i don't go to depression anymore but the anxiety the sadness that can show up just in normal everyday life sugar in the system releases it every time so you know, it's watching that type of stuff. How much sugar am I eating? If I'm eating a lot of sugar, chances are I'm going to be feeling sad at some point. 
Yeah, I, I agree with you. I found that too. I don't know what it is from a chemical perspective, but I do know that um, I'm a clean eater. And so when I stick to clean eating and stay away from the whole processed eating and sugar and, you know, I feel better all the way around too. But you know what? Sometimes we replace, you know, our relationship with God for the things that really aren't always, you know, like you said, it it's truly our communing time with him. It's our personal time with him. It's our relationship uh, time with him. And I love that prayer of examine, you know, there, the, they talk about in our devotions that we are getting on a regular basis through our pastors at our church and centering yourself for quiet time and just listening to the Lord, you know? And I think in the busyness of our lives, we sometimes want, you know, especially if we're very task-based or we're very, got to get this done, got to get this done or easily distracted or, you know, so giving the Lord tithing of your, your, your time to him is so, and I would say, um, it just does something to your whole demeanor for the whole day too. It does. It does. It allows you to step into a place of the peace and joy that comes from here anyway. The devotional stuff, we get, sometimes we get so tangled in what am I supposed to do in my quiet time? What is it supposed to look like? What is the structure of it? You know, can I put it, I have a friend who's, who's an accountant. Can I, can I put it on a spreadsheet? And it doesn't have to be that way. And when you are, so when you are overscheduled and you are stressed and you are dealing with depression and you're dealing with anxiety and you're dealing with all of that stuff, to ask you to do anything else can be too much. So when you say, hey, you need to make, when we say, we, you know, it's your time with God, and you're like, I can't even breathe, let alone add a time with God. Give yourself, I mean, if, if I could encourage someone in that area, give yourself permission to fall asleep. That counts as prayer. <laughs> I know that may sound wrong, but the reality is, part of the process of healing was to be able to stop long enough and be okay with where I was at. So when I first started spending quality time with the Lord, that 90% of the time, that quality time was like three minutes of, okay, I'm here. This is what I'm supposed to do. Now what am I going to do? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. And then basically crying and then falling asleep. Right. And in the Lord can work in that space. He's the Lord, for goodness sake, right? So if what you need is to have a place where you spend 15 minutes by yourself just in crying or just in sleep, that's okay. That can count. And we tend to sometimes religious put religious rules around it and go, well, that doesn't count as quiet time. Sure it does. Sure it does. Because he's the Lord. If he wants, if he needs to tell you something, he'll wake you up and tell you. Or he'll tell you in a dream, right? I mean, give him, let him be him. Let him be as big as he is. Love it, Tina. This is great. It's a great way. Fun conversation. Yeah, we've had some great conversation. But hey, lady, you and I always I don't know. I don't like we're gonna go wherever the Lord takes us today. I mean, so, hey, what can I do? I, this this I, no, I haven't yeah, talked as much. Honestly, I have not talked this much about depression in a long time, right? Because you just kind of go, oh, I don't do that anymore. And I think it's important. And, and I'm anxious to 
revisit this and listen to it again, because I think I needed to hear some of this for myself too. Well, and you know, we're coming out of this COVID and there's a lot of people, Tina, there's a mental health component to this. And a lot of people are coming out of trauma and depression and, you know, there's, they're going to need to hear this and they got to get their joy back. They got to get their joy back, you know, and I, and I, you know, this is a perfect episode, I think, for those that are seeking God in that way. So is there a particular scripture before we close that you want to share that really resonated with you and does or that the Lord's impressed on you to share today? From the scripture that, that I held on to, the scripture that carried me, that still I consider my life scripture would be Philippians 1 6, which says, He that hath begun a good work in you will continue it until the day of Jesus Christ. The significance of that, the meaning of that has, has ebbed and flowed. And I think at this point, one of the things that I hang on to with that is that the Lord doesn't give up and that He won't quit on me. Knowing that. I held myself so tight for so long because I was so afraid that if I let go, I would fly apart in pieces, never to be heard from again, that I would end up nuts and crazy and in a mental hospital and be completely, I would lose it was the phrase. And what I have learned is that the only way you can absolutely fly apart in pieces is if the Lord stops loving you and he won't. So while circumstances may hurt, while, you know, COVID may have made you not feel like you're nuts and that things will never be better again, he still loves you the same way he loved you from the second he thought of you. And that's the only thing that can ever destroy you is if he changes his mind and he won't. Hanging on to that allows me to walk through pain now and recognize that I won't be destroyed. So therefore, depression has no power. Very faith-building and God's promises. He's so faithful and it's a very comforting scripture. So go back to the word of God and go back to the word of God and stand on your truth in the word of God. And, you know, this is great. So as we close, um, friends, I hope you've enjoyed listening to Tina and I and discuss her God story. And also, uh, friends, I'm going to have this episode available to listen to on our new website and some other information about Tina. Now, Tina, real quick, like, um, how can people reach you if they want to reach out to you? Um, so the easiest way to reach out to me is our Sword of Joy website. So it's www.swordofjoy.com. Um, and that goes directly to me um, and any messages there are simple and easy to reach out. You can also find us, find me on uh, Facebook, Sword of Joy as well. Okay, great. We'll also have that information up on your episode page and along with this um, podcast. And friends, also, um, uh, if you want to help us to continue to share more God stories like Tina's, we always welcome your donation or sponsorship. And you can go out to our website at www.alteredstories.org to do that. We also appreciate you following our show on Apple Podcasts and 
Subscribe to our show on other platforms where we're out there and leave a review on the podcast or your comments on the episodes um, that uh, I'm sharing on our website. We always welcome that. And it's also beneficial to the guests that, you know, they're making a difference. They're transforming lives through their story. And that's what we're all about. So friends, thanks again, Tina, for taking the time today. God bless your great work. God bless everything that you're doing. And now, friends, it's time for another bonus episode of Meemaw Moments. Hi, y'all. I'm Sandy Williams, Board Vice President for Altered Stories Ministry, and this is Meemaw's Moments. I will be sharing stories about being a Meemaw, which is the name my grandkids gave me, the sweetest of all my names. I keep my grandkids almost every day, and I hope to share some fun stories that I've experienced, as well as lessons learned from my Texas-based childhood and Southern ancestors, lessons I share with my grandkids. When my grandchildren came, I purposed to be the same good example to them as my grandparents were for me, to be there for them, to love them like I was loved, and teach them about Jesus, family, and our strong country values, and maybe some good old country music. I believe we are responsible for generations after us. I want my grandkids to know my parents and grandparents and those strong country values through me. It is, after all, their story. Today's segment is called, How Do I Love Thee? Doing some laundry today. How about you? Are you busy about all the tasks on your to-do list? It's February, the month of love, and my granddaddy's birthday would have been the day after Valentine's. He is always on my heart about now. I'm reminded about all the love in my life when I open the door to my washer and dryer. When we moved into this house, it's a 1929 model, going on 17 years ago, the previous owners had all their kids' measurements on a piece of door trim in the laundry room. When it came time, I sincerely hated painting over all those memories. So I decided that I would make our grandkids' measurements portable. When I open the door to the washer and dryer, there, all over that door, are my grandkids' handprints and measurements. From the time they were tiny to where my hand now fits inside my oldest grandson's handprint. Love radiates off of that door, that very portable door. So I decided the laundry could wait. I picked up my phone to call some of my loved ones. Are there tasks on your list that could wait? We have the truest example of love ever set before us. In the word of our Lord, the new King James tells us, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life, John 3, 16. When you think of love, think on that. Until next time, Meemaw says, Wherever you go, go with all your heart. And until the next show, friends, be heard and be healed. Altered Stories Ministry is a faith-based, nonprofit, and women's evangelistic storytelling ministry located in Overland Park, Kansas. 
If you enjoyed listening to today's story, your family and friends would probably benefit from hearing how God works in the lives of women all over the world too. So please subscribe to our show and share the link to this podcast. Share it on your social media. We also welcome your valued feedback on our stories. Also, we'd appreciate your prayerful consideration in sponsoring one of our future God-glorifying stories and welcome your tax-exempt financial donation. To find out more on how you can support our ministry, you can log on to our website at www.alteredstories.org. 